Hey there, this is just a little pre-frame before we begin our episode today that I'm not recording with my usual equipment, I'm recording with a tiny microphone on my phone. So apologies if the audio quality isn't as it usually is, but hey, something's better than nothing, right? All right, enjoy. Hey there, you're listening to episode number 127 of the Journey to Manifesting podcast. Welcome back to the show or welcome to any new listeners out there that may be tuning in for the very first time. I am so excited to be here with you because it's been a little while since I recorded an episode. My last episode, I believe, was back in June where I did an update about having my one-year tummy tuck anniversary. So if you haven't yet listened to that one, jump back, listen to that one. It's been really popular. So today I thought I would do an update episode all about hummingbird medicine, moving to the Hamptons and the beginning of my next chapter. It has been a really crazy time for me, um, emotionally, physically, spiritually, and I'll be diving into that today to give you a bit of an inside glimpse as to how these things manifested into my reality and also how you can replicate your own manifestations right from intention to the completion point and how you can navigate that emotionally. So first up, I want to just backtrack a little bit, probably to early June, where I was just scrolling through my Instagram feed and I noticed an ad for something called a blue bottle. Um, it's <laughs> This might sound a little bit weird, but I'm just going to roll with it. So it talks about on... I, believe, and this isn't an ad, bluebottlelove.com. So if you want to get yourself one of these bottles, go and check out all of the information that they have. But one of their ads popped up in my feed and I clicked on it and I saw this beautiful drink bottle. It's made out of blue glass and on the glass is etched a very powerful symbol. And it had three words on it. It had truth, beauty and love. And I didn't pay too much attention to the symbol. I thought, okay, this is going to raise my energetic frequency. I'm going to get this water bottle because I need to drink more water and I don't really like drinking out of plastic bottles. Um, and I'd like to have something on my desk and something that looks pretty and this will do. So I clicked the order button and I purchased the Truth, Beauty and Love bottle and it arrived and I didn't use it for a few days. It just kind of sat there. I went for a, a family holiday to San Diego and I came back and opened up the bottle and I think I was cooking dinner on the Sunday night and I opened up the bottle, filled it up with water and read the instructions. It said that for the water to be activated with the power of your intention, you leave it in the sunlight for a while. And I thought, okay, I'll try this. Um, and I, even as a manifesting teacher, this was a little bit out there and woo-woo, but I was researching for my book, How Consciousness Can Be Retained and Held in Water. And this is a little bit of a side note here, but if you are interested in knowing more about this, then I can highly recommend you research the work of Dr. Masaru Emoto. Uh, he was featured in The Secret and he did a lot of experimental studies on how the way that we uh, address water with our consciousness and with our frequency impacts the water. So just as, as an example, uh, for instance, if you place 
a little dish of water and you, you throw negative comments at it or hateful intentions towards it and you put it under a microscope, all of the structures, the cellular structure of that water will be all kind of mangled and weird and out of and very chaotic. But if you send the energy of love and intention and good feeling thoughts towards these droplets of water and you pop them under a microscope, you'll find the most beautiful patterns. And so this got me thinking about how we speak to ourselves. So whether if you have a pattern of negative self-talk, what does that do to you on a cellular level? And I've been writing about this in my upcoming book, uh, which I just finished and I'll get into that a little bit more in a few moments. But tracking back to this blue water bottle, uh, I was making dinner one night and I have never in my 40 years on this planet grilled food on a grill or a barbecue as it is called in Australia. Uh, and it was a really, it's a really hot summer right now in Las Vegas and I went outside, this was a couple of months ago now, and with my tray of vegetables and I took a sip of the water and I went outside and I was standing there in front of the grill thinking, this is beautiful. This is one of those perfect moments where it's hot, the weather's nice, blue sky, kids are playing nicely and I'm just out there drinking, a, drinking my water and cooking these vegetables and all of a sudden I heard this buzzing noise, this whirring by my head and I'm like, well, what is this? And I turned my head to the left really slightly and it was a hummingbird. I was face to face with a tiny little bird and it had little brown eyes and it was looking straight at me and it hovered there probably for about 30 seconds. And I'm like, hello. And I just, it was like an interaction. And this, this sound that it was making, this whirring, it felt like some kind of vibrational or energetic healing of some capacity. And um, I'm like, okay, this is interesting. And then it just flew away. But I felt like it was some kind of sign. I felt like it was maybe a, a spirit animal or a totem or a guide showing up to send me a message. Or if it was anything and if I didn't have to attach meaning to it, it was just a fully grounded moment of presence. So I finished grilling the vegetables. I went inside and I said to my husband, Sean, guess what just happened? I just had the most magical face-to-face -face experience with a hummingbird. And I couldn't help but shake the feeling that it had something to do with the blue bottle. And so later that evening, when the kids were in bed, I was Googling the messages of what it means when you see a hummingbird. And in various different cultures around the world, it is seen as a sign of joy or of love or of healing in some capacity, especially in the Native American culture. And so... I was thinking, wow, this is amazing. And so then it clicked. What was the symbol on the bottle? Now, remember it said truth, beauty, and love, which are the three things that the hummingbird represents. And I didn't know that on the front of the glass was a two-dimensional hummingbird that was the picture. There was a, a sacred geometry pattern and a bird. You can go and check it out if you want to have a look for yourself on, what was that, uh, bluebottlelove.com. And again, this isn't an ad. I'm just trying to illustrate a point here. And so I looked it up, I went back to the website, and I kid you not, what it said on the description of the bottle when I went back to view it was that this bottle, that symbol, carries the energetic signature frequency of attracting hummingbirds. So that was like, whoa, what's going on here? That's amazing. That just proves to me 
that there is some kind of sacredness that happens, especially with water. So water is the most programmable form of consciousness on the entire planet. So the more we can program our water and be more conscious about how we drink and consume water, which we need to do more often, um, the more we will have these amazing and incredible and meaningful experiences in our lives. So I went to bed that night feeling as if I was healed in some capacity or feeling like I had been given a really magical gift. Whatever it meant, it was a magical gift. And then the next morning, sometimes Sean and I like to get up before the girls do, before the household wakes up and it's all noisy. And I have a balcony um, that's off my office right now. And we went out there to watch the sunrise. And um, I was explaining again how in awe I was of this hummingbird experience. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, he's a little bit skeptical. And sometimes even I am too, until I have that very experiential um, interaction with whatever it is that I'm ooing and ahhing over going, wow, it's amazing. And he's like, well, maybe I should get one of those bottles. And just as he said that, just as he said it, a hummingbird came up onto the balcony face to face with him. It was, I couldn't have planned it better. It was absolutely amazing. And I had the bottle out there with me again. It was sitting on like the little side table next to the couch that I have out there. And I'm like, man, this, this bottle has some really powerful frequencies. And so with the pandemic that has been happening for most of 2020, um, something that I've noticed is that Sean and I have been feeling really restless about being in Las Vegas. Uh, we've been here for five years now. Well, nearly five years. It'll be five years in September since we arrived in America from Australia. And over that five years, we have contemplated putting down roots. A couple of years ago, we got really close to signing a mortgage when we purchased a block of land and the mortgage didn't go all the way through because I hadn't had my green card approved yet and there were lots of different loan issues uh, with me not having full residency yet. Um, and so that nearly happened. A couple of times we've nearly got really close to buying a house and then it just kind of fell through. But during those times, we felt like we wanted to be by the water, by the ocean or close to the trees in some way. And so we've been exploring and trying on the idea of moving to different states. We even went to Vancouver to try and think, hey, maybe maybe we'll move to Vancouver. Maybe this will be the next chapter of our life. Um, we went out to Austin, Texas a couple of times to scout out the, the feel of the place and look at homes and we were working with a realtor out there um, and that didn't work out. That was probably about a year ago. And so we have these moments where we're like, where is our next place? We tried on the idea of Florida. We tried on the idea of Sedona. Uh, there were just so many different places that we were thinking about exploring. And then we thought of the Hamptons in New York. Um, not New York City. The Hamptons are an area in Long Island. It's a very small uh, community. It's very much a touristy town. And there was land there and we could see the rental homes and the properties that we could potentially buy one day were just as, um, just as much as we're able to uh, pay for here. But it had for us and, and what we would consider what we're looking for, a better quality of life. So for about the same amount of rent that we're paying here in Las Vegas for like a, a postage stamp back garden, <laughs> um, we can get a little bit more land. And keep in mind, we have three dogs. 
and they need to run around. They need to walk. Uh, we also have two little girls who are five and three. So we need a little bit more, um, how do I put this? We, for us and where we're at, I grew up on 10 acres. I love having land and trees to explore and stuff like that. And I'm just a little bit sick of the desert. So we thought, okay, let's explore the Hamptons. And so on this morning that the hummingbird came face to face with Sean, I said, let's see that as a sign that you should fly to the Hamptons today and go scouting for a place. And Sean's great at documenting the whole journey. He was fantastic at, you know, doing uh, FaceTime videos and just exploring different areas. I actually haven't been to the Hamptons yet. I've been to New York so many times, but I haven't actually visited Long Island. So I'll get to a little bit more about that story in a few moments. But what I found absolutely fascinating was Sean's willingness to go, okay, I'll go on a scouting trip today. So the plane was going to leave in 90 minutes from the moment he made his decision. Sure enough, we got our butts into gear. We were moving and I packed a suitcase for him and he booked the ticket. And while he was on the plane, um, I found a place for him to stay in Southampton and we just did it really quickly because we had been indoors. Stay, I mean, we'd been to San Diego once for a, for a really weird limited vacation because, of course, it's the pandemic. And going to New York uh, required Sean to be so careful. He had to be really, really careful. Lots of masks and hand sanitizer and all that kind of stuff to make sure that he's just doing what everybody else is doing right now out of respect for the current situation. Uh, and he fell in love with the place and he was able to communicate to me that it's actually everything that we've been looking for. Um, and so that was the beginning of us trying to find a rental home. Now, keep in mind, pandemic, most people have holiday homes in the Hamptons and they're moving there permanently when they would have just been there for the summers from New York City because, you know, of this whole COVID situation. So, the pickings were slim when it came for, to manifesting the perfect place for three daughters, three dogs, and Sean and I to work from home. And um, this was during this time that my son Thomas, who is nearly 19, made the decision that he wasn't going to come with us. He would stay here in Vegas because he has friends here, he has a great job, and he's studying. So it makes sense that this would be his... Um, opportunity to leave the nest so I had to come to terms with that and I did I chose not to take it personally but it did sting a little bit the fact that that looming day where he would venture off into the world as a young man who is more than capable was now going to be out on his own so it all became very real so we we applied for several places um, we found one place in particular that was great and we just you know, we were trying to figure out how can we do this during a pandemic? How can we do this safely? And then I got sick. When Sean got home, I got sick. I don't actually think I got the virus from his trip. I think it was from a restaurant that we went to a couple of weeks earlier for date night that got closed down because 16 of their employees had COVID. Um, and I was so sick, I couldn't even get myself to a testing center until I was well. And so I was probably around two weeks into it when I did a home test and it said that I was negative, even though there was a 30% chance they were wrong. And it was all of the classic signs and symptoms. I was, I had such a headache. I've never had such a bad headache in my life. And I was in my office in self-isolation away from my family for 10 days. It was really tough. 
and I lost my sense of taste and smell. I was really, really sick, very lethargic. I'm still not 100%. I can tell that there are like after, after effects of this virus and I'm looking forward to getting the antibodies test to see whether it was actually in my system or not. Um, but I would say that intuitively, without a doubt, I'm 80 to 90% positive that I had COVID. Uh, and once I was over that, I felt a little bit better. <laughs> I started to, um, during that time though, I started having panic attacks of Thomas moving out of home and that transition that I have to make as his mother, which I'm sure many of you out there can relate to if you've got uh, young adult children that have ventured out of the nest. You know what I'm going through right now. It's a process of grief and acceptance and understanding that the phase of my life where I was his primary caretaker is no longer the case. And he's 19. I mean, when I was his age, or he's nearly, he turns 19 next week. So I'll just round it up and say he's 19. When I was 19, I was with his dad and I was a stepmother to an 18 month old baby boy. Um, I was capable as, or I, at least I thought I was. Um, and, and he will be too. But because I've spent most of my life since I was 21 years old, protecting him, guiding him, and really using the opportunity to be his mother as my why, my reason for doing things. You know, I, I went from, as you guys know, probably, unless you're new to the show, that I went from living on welfare as a single mother back in 2009, 2008. I kind of started, the, started this journey. And it was just me and Thomas for the first five years of his life as well because Olivia was born in 2006. So... This is really the end of a cycle and the beginning of a next chapter. So we had to help Thomas find a place, facilitate him moving out, and then find and manifest the perfect place for us, which we did manage to do in the perfect location. It's on about one and a half acres. It's close to the beach. Um, this will be really powerfully grounding for me because I felt that the desert for such a long time now hasn't really nurtured my soul in the way that it needs to. I'm a water person. I love being able to walk at the beach or be around trees or grass, not fake grass. <laughs> Even though I love Vegas and Vegas will always feel like home, I feel like this is the completion of a cycle. And so during this time, even having COVID and transitioning Thomas out of the home, um, I finished my book. I finished and completed a 65,000 word manuscript for my book, which is going to be published by Actually, I don't know whether I can tell you who it's going to be published by yet. And I can't even tell you the name. <laughs> but what I will say is that it is um, a celebration piece that will really help you to find your way back to yourself, to be guided by your intuition and to manifest from your heart and from a space of conscious awareness and taking radical self-responsibility. So without giving away too many details, it was a full circle moment when I typed the, the final sentences of the manuscript and I walked away from my office, stepped away, <laughs> and then Monday oh, – that was Sunday that I finished. And then Monday morning – and you can check this on Instagram too um, if you want to see the timelines for everything. I got back into my office on Monday morning and I had left the sliding door open out to my balcony like I mentioned that I have here in my office in Vegas. And there was a hummingbird sitting on my computer. I kid you not. This was one of the strangest things, this tiny little bird, these birds that are absolutely famous for being one of the fastest tiny little creatures in the world, was just sitting, hanging out on the top right-hand corner of my screen. And I'm like, what is going on here? And I said hello, 
And all of a sudden, this little little creature started flying around my office. And I was like, what? Hello, (laughs) can I help you? What are you here to tell me? And the bird went back and sat on my computer again. And it did it three times. And by this stage, I I yelled out to my husband, Sean, and I'm like, Sean, we have a problem. I need some help here. Because firstly, I didn't want the bird to fly into the window or the wall and hurt itself. And I had to get it out safely. But it was curious. It was like it wanted to be in my space. And this was the day after Thomas moved out. The day after Sean and Thomas loaded up the U-Haul truck and took all of his things that are in his bedroom to his new place, his share household. And again, it felt like the completion of a cycle. Thomas has a hummingbird tattooed on his forearm. And I thought that this was a beautiful nod or a wink from the universe or a visit from an angel or a spirit guide to say, hey, Sarah, it's going to be okay. And you will get through this time. And so I just, I feel really nurtured by this sign I have never had particularly any kind of affinity to a spirit animal before had a dream about an owl probably about four or five months ago and uh, I was running down a country road on the gravel in bare feet running past orchards this was before I had the idea to move to the Hamptons and this little white owl was pecking at my right wrist (laughs) and I woke up and I'm like oh that, that, that felt like a, an interaction with a spirit guide, but I've never had a physical interaction with something like this, a hummingbird seeking me out, coming inside my office and sitting on my computer. It's almost like it was saying, okay, Sarah, I think your manuscript is complete. This cycle of you raising your son Thomas from um, <laughs> birth to 19, year old, 19 years old has been completed. And... Um, It felt like an honorable experience. So the more you can take responsibility for your emotions and what's happening in your life and being very intentional with how you want to live your life. So for me right now, I know that I can live a specific lifestyle here in Vegas or I can live a specific lifestyle in the Hamptons. And what I am choosing is choosing what I want right now. I'm choosing, and I know it's a luxury. I am under no illusions that it is a luxury to be able to pack up my entire home and move across the country. But right now, I see it as an investment in my health. I see it as an investment in remembering that life is not a dress rehearsal, so you do the best you can with what you have. And so we can do this within the framework of our business, of our company right now, and it is a little bit of a stretch, but we will get there to facilitate that next chapter of my life. I feel called to be there. I'm following the signs. I'm following the cues. And I encourage you to do exactly the same. Ask yourself, and it doesn't have to be a major move. It doesn't have to be moving states, countries, whatever it is, ask yourself, what do you need right now to honor your intuition, to serve at a higher level? What do you need to recalibrate your soul? Even if it's just going out there to a park, even if it was me going out to the desert and having a conversation with a cactus, (laughs) standing on the dirt with my bare feet, And having that relationship with the earth, this is how you channel intuitive guidance. You get really good at opening your heart to welcome in the signs, whether it's 
1111, uh, rainbows, whether it is. And you know what? Every time I mention rainbows as a sign on this podcast, at the very exact time that someone is listening to it, a rainbow appears. So if this is you, please feel free to leave it as a review on iTunes or on whatever podcasting platform you're currently listening to, because I know that so many of you experience these signs and we need to inspire other people that this magic of reality is real. It's truth. It is guided by your heart, your inner knowings, the inner landscape of your soul, and the fact that you are a sovereign being. And we're all in this together. We are all in this together. We're all divinely connected. We're all on this journey. And so in my next episode, and I'll probably uh, cluster batch, I don't even know whether that's a word, um, a few episodes to catch up for lost time because on Instagram, and you can follow me if you're not already at Sarah Prout, very easy. Um, I posted a picture of this podcast cover and asked for all of your questions. So in the next podcast episode, I'll be answering all of your most burning questions about manifesting the law of attraction, emotional empowerment, anything that your heart desires. It will give you a taste of what we offer inside the Manifesting Academy, which is my online membership program. We've got thousands of people from all over the world who we affectionately refer to as our soul tribe community. And in that community, we share uh, signs, celebrations, and also help to support one another to get through this time because it is an unprecedented time in history where we are homeschooling our children. We're rolling up our sleeves to do the hard work that, you know, we've been able to just kind of ignore until now, (laughs) right? So this is your opportunity to take responsibility for your own life. And what better way to do that than to get curious about how you can manifest your best life. That is ultimately what all of my teachings help you to do and help you to facilitate, to manifest your best life. Uh, I've been working on with my team a rebrand for sarahprout.com right now and we're switching platforms and we're presenting things in a whole new way to make it super easy and extremely affordable for you to have the manifesting resources and guides and tools that you need to help to amplify and accelerate your own journey to manifesting, which is ironically the title of this podcast. So that's it from me for today, Hummingbird Medicine, moving to the Hamptons and the beginning of my next chapter. If you enjoyed this podcast episode, please share it with your friends. Leave me a review. That would mean the world to me because everyone that I read, I send back the energy of love, of appreciation, and of course, joy. So thanks again for being here. And until next time, enjoy your journey to manifesting.